Who it's one, two, three. And on that note, we should officially start. Oh, no, you're good. Take a sip of your beverage. I want this one instead. Oh. Mm. Go for it. Oh my gosh. Hi, beautiful humans. <laughs> I'm Kayla. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to your soul. Welcome. A podcast of belonging for humans exploring their deepest hearts. Yeah. That was a good one. Cheers. Song. It was closer it was than okay. last time. It was good. It was good. Good job. It's like bing 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 bing. Yeah, bing. it's good. I just looked it up too, and I remembered what it was the other day, but now I've forgotten. Oh well, I just cued it the other day for Fred so that he would hear our voices. Um, so I've been hearing the podcast <laughs> song a lot lately I for like Fred. That. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Our audience is probably like correcting us because they hear it all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're about time. to hear it right now, or just heard it. I think I think they just heard it. They just heard it. I kind of liked the tink moment. Yeah, like boop. We had to recreate yeah. it for some yeah. reason. It was fun. Um, <gasps> although we're tinking our cute, cute little mugs. Yes. Because we are officially it's sponsored just... now. <gasps> our podcast has a sponsor, you guys. <laughs> Our sponsor, we should probably name them, is Karma Coffee, which is a local Omaha coffee shop. And it is run by our friend Tracy, and she is just so sweet. She is also one of the mamas doing the work. Mm -hmm. I say that like I'm a mama, but she's the mama. I am just the dog mama. Well, maybe not just a dog mama, but I am a dog mama, not a human mama. It's okay. You're still valid. Thanks. You're so welcome. But yeah, Tracy um, owns Karma Coffee and Karma Coffee is amazing. They have some of the most amazing fun drinks and they have for coffee shops the best food. They do have really good food. Oh my gosh. Every time I'm there, I try like a new little snack and I have never been disappointed. That is true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> karma coffee. We've never been disappointed. We're always so excited. Get you a little karma in your cup. Yeah, that is the little <laughs> slogan. So cute. Put a little karma in your cup. So, yeah, yeah. we're very excited. Because mm -hmm. I love supporting local yes. things. So if you're listening and you're not local, um, A, feel free to come visit Omaha. Yes. B, uh, maybe check out Karma Coffee's website. We. Yeah. Maybe they have, like, you could get, like, merch and support them. Yeah. Yeah. I totally think you can. Mm-hmm. We'll put a link for them downstairs. Yay! That's all. Mm-hmm. Although, I'll be uh, honest, I'm uh, drinking water out of this right now. But I do have... Nice coffee. <gasps> the this. Lemon Lavender Bliss Blender. I think that's what it's called. It's fucking magic. Go it is one. magic in a cup. It is 
unreal, people. It's unreal. I've never tasted anything this majestic at like a coffee shop before. Oh my gosh. It, this, and this is, doesn't have actual coffee in it. Yeah, no, it is not coffee based. It's but spring. It's spring, summer, soul based. It is soul delicious. Soul delicious. <laughs> it's so good. It's mm -hmm. just light and creamy and fruity and oh, it's heaven in a cup. It is. I think that's why Bliss is in the title. Yeah, Bliss. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Are we... Should we dive into the topic? Yes. I'm like so excited to talk about yes. this. Don't mind me. I'll just be here like, topic, topic, topic. Let's talk about it. Do it. Let's talk about it. Okay. I got distracted by... Um, you forgot to write down the title, but do you remember the oh, title okay. that you came? Uh, so I channeled the title. I didn't come up with it. The universe did. Okay. I like fully tapped in with the universe. She told us to title this because we there was some debate. <laughs> there was quite a bit of debate on it, especially after the universe spoke. Um, she told us to title this episode, How Do You Figure It All Out? Mind, Body, Spirit, Alignment. And... Ashley had some thoughts on that. I did have a little bit of thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of a lot of thoughts. Um, I just have a hard time with how do you figure it all out? I, I have a hard time sometimes with those kind of all or nothing words, mm -hmm. always, never, all, um, those kinds of things because I think they that's just, valid. They're just so... All-encompassing. Yeah, big and, and... Final. Heavy and foreboding, I feel like. Mm. I don't know. Like, they just seem so heavy. Um, and I don't have it all figured out, folks. Well, and I think that's kind of what the podcast is about, yeah. right? Like, trying to figure out as much as you can in this mm -hmm. one human lifetime that we have to experience. Right. So I don't know that the universe was telling us to say that we have it all figured out. Yes. I think it was just kind of saying, hey, this is your mission to try and like figure it all out and have people along the way with you. Yes. So. Because I've got it all figured out up until the moment of now, right? Like. I can look back at what past Kayla has done and seeing as how that is the only past I'm ever going to have, right. I, it, it is all figured out. My past yes. is figured out. Yes. It is what it is. So I was okay with the boldness of what yes. the universe told us to say. I was like, okay, that's cool. I was like, it's quite bold. It's quite bold. <laughs> like, oh, it's too bold. But and so we were talking back and yeah. forth and I was like, well, we should just have the conversation on the podcast. Yeah. And, and, and I told her, I was like, we can go with it. Like, yeah, for sure. We can, we can do it. We can go with it. Um, it just feels bold. Uh, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, because it's essentially about the journey of figuring it all out. I feel like. And I don't think that journey ever is complete. No. Like, I don't think we ever have it all figured out. I mean, we last step is new. trying to figure out how to ascend out of this existence. Yeah. But dying. I was talking about dying. Well, Kayla's dropping some extra heavies. 
heavy, <laughs> heavy truth bombs. But anyways. Well, everyone's coming. Yeah, no, I know. I do know that. <laughs> I don't um, know what to tell you. I do know that. Um, <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> I was, it's just like, when we were talking about and writing out the kind of the outline, it was just more of like, when we were talking about mind, body, spirit. It is fucking 131 as you are about to start talking about our outline. You'll know from the past yes. episode, our yes. palindrome situation. Yes, our palindrome situation. And today we're really trying to take that note from the universe yes. and actually discuss what it looked like when we were at the beginning. Because palindrome numbers also often tell you to go back to the beginning. Yes, and that's return exactly to where you started. What I was saying. Yes, was that when we're talking about mind, body, and spirit, we're talking about kind of where we started with those things and in those places in our journey. Um, because it certainly did not happen all at once. No, it did not, and we were not all of a sudden working on all three of these facets. Um, no. Well, I was at one time unwilling to work on some of them at the beginning. Yeah. I was mindset only mm -hmm. at the beginning because that is how I was introduced to the world of like self-help was from a very mindset based perspective. Oh, okay. And I was so scared of my own woo, yeah. my own spirituality mm -hmm. that I could not possibly consider anything else oh yeah and I was so disconnected from my body being taught to hate it so oh, much yeah so uh mindset was all I had at the beginning right yeah I get that I for me mind was all I had as well I was very disconnected from my body mm -hmm. um just because I had gone through a lot of uh like medical things and stuff um, growing up that I just pulled myself I feel like and, and disconnected myself from my body in such a way that like I was like mm, and I'm just not going to feel any of these things anymore because I don't want to be sick I don't want to have pain I don't want to go to the doctor I don't want to I just mm -hmm. I'm done I'm done doing all of these things because I don't want to be a sick person mm -hmm. or a person who is in pain or a person who is hurt. I don't want to be the person that's at the doctor. Um, so I'm just not going to. And so I just ignored my body. Not recommended. No, not recommended because your body still does thing. Like your body still does body things. Yeah, the things are still happening. And when you're ignoring them and not taking care of them, then they get worse. And yeah, and and that's a whole other thing. But uh, so I was also ignoring my body and um, my spirit. I my spirit has my woo has talked to me since I was a child. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was a really young child, it scared my mom. Uh, and seeing that. It scared my mom, scared me. And so I always thought that it was bad. Um, and so I just also shut that down. I didn't want to acknowledge that either. Um, 
So it sounds like for both of us, mindset yeah. work was really what we had at the beginning. Yep. That was the available path that we were allowing for ourselves. Right. Because whether in childhood or adolescence, we had written off the spirit and body as options. Right. right. Because... Well, I mean, I feel like I had already been working on my body. Like, diet culture was such a large oh, yeah. part of, like, my childhood growing yeah. up. And so much so in high school and college. And yes. it's it's just, it's gross yeah. when I think back on how that impacted my view of myself and my worth. Oh, yeah. So... That is why when I started my inner work journey mm -hmm. after exiting my abusive relationship, that's why mindset work, work felt the most available to me. Because otherwise, it was just dieting again. Yeah. It was just starting an exercise routine that I was going to hate that taught me to hate my present body. Yeah. And that I already was... Um, Before I go any further, trigger warnings for... um Or activation warnings i feel like some people don't like the word triggering anyway a warning from my heart to yours about how i am in a moment going to talk about depression suicide and self-harm because that is a very deep part of my story um and if you're not in a place to hear that today peace and love love you bye and those of you who stuck with us um I was already in a place where I was self-harming and thinking about suicide multiple mm -hmm. times a day. Yeah. Multiple times a day. Like, up in my head, figuring out how how I could do it. What steps would I take? Like, it was all planning-based suicidal thoughts. So when I got out of my abusive relationship, doing more dieting, hating my body more didn't seem like an available path to me. Right. It just seemed like another another highway to hating myself. That's really good awareness to have. Um, I don't know that I had that awareness at the time. Yeah. I think I just was searching out what felt good. Good. I mean, that's good too. Well, I in mean, those moments, in that moment when you were in that dark place, sometimes it's really, really, really hard Mm -hmm. to choose to do the better thing yeah because doing the harder thing doing that do, doing the harder thing mm -hmm. that's better for you is can feel so impossible in those moments mm -hmm. it can feel so hard so sometimes you're just swinging to the next monkey bar of what feels mm -hmm. good one of my favorite yoga instructors yoga with adrian she her slogan is find what feels good yeah and I think that that can be a really beautiful way to help yourself when you don't know how to use tools that you hear talked about yeah. or when you don't know where to start. You can just ask yourself, what would help me to feel good today? Yes. And if you're looking for mind, body, spirit alignment, what would help me feel good in my mind today? What would help me feel good in my body today? What would help me feel good in my soul today? Yes. And actually asking myself questions is one of the first ways that I started self-coaching myself. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. 
we're gonna leave hyper depressed Kayla and zoom just a little bit further into when I was first starting my coaching journey. And one of the first things that you learn in coaching school is how to ask coaching questions. And coaching questions are how and what questions. Because how and what activate our brain's natural problem solving. Okay. And we as human people who love storytelling, who evolved with oral storytelling, right. we have the tendency to ask ourselves why a lot. Yeah. Why am I like this is my least favorite question. Because yeah. all that does is it asks your unconscious mind, so powerful, so in your corner, it's asking your unconscious mind to explain why you are the way you are, which only keeps you staying the same or makes you feel bad about how you are right. the way you are. Right. So why-based questions activate storytelling, which can often just keep you... You mean how? No. Why-based okay. questions activate storytelling in our own brains. Okay. And storytelling about our own lives, which we've already lived through, keeps us in a cycle. Okay. Okay. Because we're just telling ourselves the same stories over right. and over right. again. Right. How questions and what questions, that just made me think of wheat thins. Yeah. Wheat thins. Yeah. What questions <laughs> help to activate our problem solving. Okay. And when you're in problem solving mode, you're automatically in self-improvement, forward thinking, getting yourself out of the problem mm -hmm. mode. And that is so empowering yeah. just right there. Yeah. So how can you feel good today in your mind or your body or your spirit? Or all three if you're feeling it. Yeah. That's really interesting. I like that. Mm -hmm. So that's how. Ugh, 141 again. All the palindromes. I'll yeah. try and stop shouting them out all the time. Um, my idea wandered out the door. I will try to be more cognizant of that. I think I would like to, when asking my kids questions, like when they're trying to talk to me about oh, their feelings yes. and things like that. Cause I do, I do ask them why I don't ask like, well, I ask, you know, like, why did you do that? Or why this, or why did you mm -hmm. whatnot? But I think asking how, and it can also re talking to other people help to mm, Rose is on, on the hunt. She's on the prowl. I did see the Amazon van. I think <gasps> that dirty. When you are using or when you're talking to other people, yeah. um, what and how questions also tend to be more neutral. Okay. Why, because it's inherently linked to storytelling, tends to be a little bit more emotionally charged. So if you're saying like, why did you do that? Right, it can feel accusatory. Yes. Yeah. Whereas if you say like Lily, for example, like Lily, for what reason did you do that? Because then you're asking her to lay out all of her things. Right. It just, it, I think because it activates like that yeah. problem solving more like, 
hmm. linear, yeah. I'll say spiritually masculine, not gendered masculine, spiritually masculine sign mm -hmm. that, that can, logic. yeah, that logic based sign. It, it can neutralize some intense feelings sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Another Definitely reason why. Definitely store in that one. Yeah. 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 I like that. Thank you. Here. Soul. Welcome. <laughs> I love that. I love that for us too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's check back in with our outline. Oh. My my outline takes us back to sweet abused Kayla. Oh yeah. Did you see how I left sweet abused Kayla in yeah. this conversation? Yeah. And it's just like, nope. How yeah. about we not talk about that? Yeah. But it's on the outline, and I so agreed to it. Back. Back in time. Back to the beginning. Rewind. 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 I just have Hamilton in my head. <laughs> the girls just watched that the other night. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Hamilton. Not like Hamilton Hamilton because he was kind of a shit. But yeah. I love the musical. For sure. We do too. Big fans. Anyways, Kayla. Meet Kayla. <laughs> Tell us about Kayla. If you're just listening, I'm um, making gestures right now. Trying to deflect. <laughs> Not helpful or no. useful. No. Um, okay, I'm going to take a sip of my comforting beverage. We lit a candle. It is smelling so good. It's Palo Santo by Sucker Creek. We'll try to put their information down below too. It's so good. So good. Kayla, you agreed to talk about this. You put it on an outline. All right, so when I was, just do the damn thing, Kayla. Lovingly, lovingly. Yes. Do the thing. Um, so when I left my abusive relationship situation that was primarily emotionally abusive, one instance of physical abuse, I, like I said, was in the worst depression of my whole life again with the the suicidal thoughts and the self-harming and I think I've spoken on past episodes about like how I tried to like be on tumblr and um find positive messages there mm -hmm. and I have skirted talking about like my actual feelings I'm just gonna stare off into space Sorry, YouTube people. Sorry, Ashley. It's okay. I'm just going to not make eye contact Whatever while I talk about this. Whatever you have to do. Um, so essentially, when it, when it came to figuring it all out at the time, it was me trying to figure out what made life worth living. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about suicide multiple times a day mm -hmm. and you don't have that tool of what and how questions yet, so yeah. you're just stuck in your whys and your storytelling, it can feel really quite helpless. And at some point I had to decide multiple times a day 
that I wanted to live my life. Mm -hmm. And when I was in the situation, I was just surviving my life. Right. Like, just surviving. Every time I made it to the end of the day and I fell asleep instead of hurting myself or fell asleep instead of following through on a plan, a suicide plan, <laughs> um, that was, that was me surviving. Mm -hmm. And a part of me knew that I wanted more than that. I wanted to not be depressed anymore. And when people make big changes in their lives, they're usually either toward motivated, away motivated, or a combination of the two. Um, towards motivation being like, oh my God, I'm so excited for XYZ. Um, away motivated being like, well, fuck XYZ. I want to get as far away from that as possible. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get as far away from my own suicidal thoughts as possible, yeah. away from my own self-harm as possible. And I don't, I'm trying to see if I wrote any specific notes. Yeah, all I really wrote was that at first it looks like admitting you want to try to live your life and not just survive it. Mm -hmm. And again, it just was me finding one next thing to do that would help me live instead of survive. And part of that was starting to hang out with friends again. Yeah. Because when you are in an abusive relationship, when a narcissist is abusing you, part of that can often look like isolation. And that was one of the main ways that he was abusing me, mm -hmm. was in doing that. So part of my steps to deciding to live again instead of just survive was being around people, human people who made yes. me feel good. And at the time I was in college, so all of my close friends from high school had mostly dispersed. Mm -hmm. um, although some of them were back for the summer because I left him when there was still snow on the ground. I blocked out a lot, so I don't remember specific things, but I do remember that it was right on the cusp of spring. So some of my old high school friends came back into town and I clearly didn't make solid friends in college because I was being abused. Right, like, yeah. I, I was being isolated. I wasn't allowing myself to make friends because right. of the abusive situation that I was in. Mm. So yeah, that, having people back that summer was really helpful. Yeah. And as of filming this episode last week, we just filmed an episode on community. So if you yeah. haven't watched that, um, I totally recommend it. Yes. So that's what the very, very beginning looked like was just me figuring out what was the next thing that was going to help me live instead of survive. Mm-hmm. So if you listening can just ask yourself, what is 
the next thing I can do today to help me live instead of survive. I think that that is a beautiful activation of your problem solving brain. Yes. To help you with that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I know you have notes coming up here next. I do. So I hand it off to you. You do great. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, when I, again, I also started with working on my mind mm -hmm. space. Um, I was aware that uh, at this point I had gotten divorced um, in my life. I had um, gotten into a new relationship and things were really tumultuous in my mm -hmm. life. Things were very chaotic and intense. There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I just started realizing that the chaos was not something I enjoyed. <laughs> oh, way motivated again. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, like I didn't want to keep feeling like I was going from one intense scenario to the next super intense scenario. Like I just mm -hmm. have to manage getting through like this part and then I will get to the next thing and then I will manage the next chaos and then the next, you know what I mean? Like I, I was overwhelmed all the time and mm -hmm. um, frantic and just, I, I was just really aware that that's, that's how I was living day to day, day to day, day to day, day to day. Mm -hmm. And um, I was not loving it, but I had a lot of hesitancy um, in finding a therapist and going to therapy. Girl, same. <laughs> um, when I was a child, uh, my mom had taken me to a therapist when I was real young. Um, like I said, when I was real little, she... My mom thought I was an indigo child. If you're not sure what that is, you can look it up if you want to. I don't know. Um, well, that's just basically a psychic child, right? Yeah, like you, like a, having clairvoyant gifts or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but with a bad connotation, right? No, there's no? really, I mean, no. Okay. That was just Debbie's interpretation. It just scared her. Yeah, I think it just scared her. Because... It was all very unknown. Mm -hmm. um, and like weird things would happen. And it was freaky. Like it was freaky. I what sort of weird things, like, if you don't mind me asking? Like, like I remember like weird like electrical things. Like oh. lights and stuff. That's empowering you. A weird electrical like we things with it. like the TV. Mm -hmm. I remember one time. And she like got mad and like turned it off and it wouldn't turn off. And then like she got really mad and unplugged it and like it didn't turn off. <laughs> and then she like got mad and like put it out on the porch or something. And and, and then I then it was then it went off. Then I mean, it was off. But yeah, 
once you started like moving it and stuff, then it turned off. But mm -hmm. sweet baby Ashley. Yeah, it's like okay, she's wanted to watch her Ninja Turtles. Yeah, so whatever it was, I don't know what it was, <laughs> but um, but anyways, there was stuff going on with me, and so my mom, you know, besides taking me to the church and everything else, she also took me to a therapist, and um, and I'm not exactly sure if how I remember this is accurate or if my memory of the situation is different now. Um, but what I remember of the situation was my mom took me to this therapist and the therapist was a therapist for children. Like I went into the office and like there were toys in there and we like played with some toys and like talked. And I don't know if the therapist said to me, whatever we talk about in here, you can't tell your mom is what I thought I heard. So then when we left, my mom asked me about therapy and what we talked about. And mm -hmm. I said, I can't tell you. And then my mom went bananas because she was worried. Well, sure. That that As is a, a worrying yes, idea. Yes, absolutely. Here, she here. Your daughter, you're very young, very young. I was mm -hmm. like very young, guys. Um, child was in the room with this stranger, who told them to keep secrets from you. Like that is a major red flag as a parent, and. As an adult, I don't know if maybe that therapist was like, you don't have to tell anybody what. You know I what imagine I mean? like, that may have been Yes, it. but like I could have gotten that all crossed up in my little tiny human brain. But like sure. my mom went bananas. It was a whole big, major, massive ordeal. So therapy as a child was traumatic. So I never wanted to go back to therapy. And I never went back to therapy as a child or a teenager. I was like, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Like that was some bullshit. Like... I was not. And then as an adult, I was like, okay, well, maybe that experience was just fucking weird. Because <laughs> whatever's going on right now, I don't like it. And I need help mm -hmm. to navigate it. So I'm going to find some help. And so um, went and um, talked to a couple different therapists kind of about what was going on. I was aware that I could see the patterns of behavior that I had within me. I mean, that's huge being able to see your own patterns. Yeah. I didn't even learn about that until so much later. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was, it was easy to see once I got removed from the, mm -hmm. from, like, once I moved away from, like, my family and my, like, core group of friends and things. Once mm -hmm. I was removed from that situation and, and, like, interacting with other people who weren't a part of my everyday, all the time routine, I was like, oh, this is how other people act? Oh, we don't scream and yell all the time? Oh, we don't need to fight? We don't call each other names? That's unnecessary. You mean we don't? We, we don't do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 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 That yeah, is I interesting when you get that perspective. Like, I need to reframe. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's when um, 
kind of I learned about DBT and decided to do the DBT program because... And what's DBT again? Dialectical Behavior Therapy. Okay. Um, and there are multiple stages to it. And then the first stage is where you learn um, skills. And... What were some of the skills that you were learning? So there are four main groups of skills. The first one, and, it, and it's different in the programs that you go in, but the first set of skills that I learned was emotion regulation. So just recognizing the emotions that you're experiencing and so being just... able to put a name on them. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and then also recognizing that sometimes the emotion that comes up might not be the actual emotion. Like it might just be like if you're feeling angry every time something comes up, that anger might just be a like a cover for ah uh, yes of the those, anger iceberg. I too learned some about of that those, in therapy. Like, uh, secondary emotions that are hiding behind the yeah. Like anger is the, the tip of the iceberg that you can see. And mm -hmm. then the other emotions causing the anger masking yeah. is what's under, yeah, like under the ocean. Shame or fear. Some of those ones mm -hmm. that are maybe a little bit harder to accept or want to deal with. Or things For like sure. That. Um, and then so. But shame is hard to deal with. Oh, shame is so shame is fucking <laughs> hard. Um, but emotion regulation was so helpful for me. Oh, I'm sure. And then. Um, there's distress tolerance and um, what's distress tolerance like what to do in those moments when you are distressed distressed instead of shutting down or instead of making choices like um, to self-harm or to act out instead of instead of going into those acting out behaviors mm -hmm. choosing to regulate some yeah a distress tolerance so like um you know cold water on your face some self-soothing kind of techniques ways to tolerate your distress mm -hmm. until you can deal with it what are some other things so the cold water on the face what else um even oh. just my cool hands felt really yeah. nice just now that is such a good one um cold water on the face is uh uh, cold water on your or a ice pack on your neck or on your vagus like oh, nerve sure like you're here vagus that's like yeah right here. it's like right it's like goes right up one of the sides of your neck okay like right into your ear almost I yeah. feel like yeah like it runs right along your vocal cords okay so cool the vagus nerve yeah Cooling. Um, yeah, cooling. Um, going for a walk. Just doing some basic, like, grounding mm -hmm. techniques. So, like, the five things I can see, four things I can hear, three things I can touch, one thing, or two things I can mm -hmm. smell, one thing The I noticing, can the yeah, sensory yeah. noticing. Yes, just, like those kind of soothing things too, yeah. kind of. I feel like that was on a worksheet my therapist yeah. gave me. Try to really like, to really to, to help you tolerate 
feeling those really big, strong emotions that you feel like might take you over the edge or that, that are so mm -hmm. hard um, because those things will continue to happen they throughout will. your life. Mm -hmm. And see, I, electing not to go to therapy yet, I, I did, I've been to therapy recently but at the time mm -hmm. I didn't have those tools mm -hmm. um so I certainly used shame as a way to regulate oh, wow. my distressing feelings mm -hmm. um I would often tell myself things like teachers don't self-harm mm -hmm. like shaming myself like yeah. you're a teacher get your shit together yeah like get your life together mm -hmm. real teachers don't do that so you can't so if, if you are out there listening to this and you're like, ooh, that all sounds amazing. That's not what I did. That's not what I did either. Yeah, that's okay. And we all start somewhere. We all, we all have yeah. to start somewhere. Yeah. And therapy also for me was not a safe choice in the narrative in which therapy was introduced to me as a child and throughout mm -hmm. my whole childhood. Yeah. Like it was for, I think I may have said this on a previous episode, but like it was for really fucked up people. Despite the fact that I wanted to kill myself multiple times a day, I didn't think I... Qualified? Well, no, I didn't want to be. Just like you oh, were talking about yes. how if you go to the doctor, then you will yes. have to be sick. Yeah. I didn't want to go to therapy because then I would have to be super fucked up. Right. So I'm glad that you you had yeah. those tools from DBT, yes. those regulation tools. What would you do to help you identify your emotions? Because I feel like some people might be in that phase listening. I know one of my, I'll say Framley members. Framley. Because I don't, they did not give me permission to, to mm -hmm. share this. So I'll be as vague as possible. A friend or family person that I know in my life. Yes. Um, recently started to go into therapy mm -hmm. and they received, I'll also use gender neutral terms too. Okay. They received a like a worksheet on oh, yeah. how to help them identify yes. their emotions. Mm -hmm. Is that is that similar to what you went through? Yeah, so in DBT, you get a whole ass binder. Oh my gosh. And I'm not kidding, folks. It is a big boy. Okay, like a five inch three ring binder? Yes. Okay. And. It's like a teacher binder right yes. there. Yes, and when you are in skills, you get homework. You're going through multiple pages of handouts and notes a week. You mm -hmm. get homework, you get worksheets. Um, but it's so fucking worth it. Like, it's so worth it. And I needed that. I needed that because I, that's how I learn. I'm, I mean, as a teacher, as somebody who is into learning and into those things, like, that that works for my brain style. Like, mm -hmm. it works for me. Um, and... So having those, it, it gives examples of like, it shows an example of how like someone talked through it with themselves or how they would check their emotions mm -hmm. and how they would get to the emotion that they were feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and then it would have, like it has lists of all of the emotions and then what other feelings, like what other words people can associate with that feeling. So like, so, like, anger can also be, like, frustration, frustration. annoyance. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
So I'm always really cognizant of the fact that therapy is such a privilege mm -hmm. and not everyone has access right. to it. Absolutely. So what could someone Google to find worksheets like that, do you think? You can just Google DBT emotion regulation worksheets or just DBT emotion regulation and look up, like look at images because there are free worksheets. There are free printables. There are free worksheets. Oh, I love that. That's there beautiful. are so many free resources out there. Mm -hmm. um, and there are pages and pages on Pinterest. Um, I always forget about Pinterest. There are so many, so many good resources. I downloaded after I, after I did DBT and after mm -hmm. I did um, stage one, which was process, which is like an exposure therapy group with other people who have done it which is really hard. Mm -hmm. um, I then downloaded like a DBT art workbook mm -hmm. and then like re-went through the skills and stuff on my own. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, just because... <sighs> you, needed, you needed more work. I just wanted a refresher in, yeah. in, in a way that... Felt good. Was, yeah, felt good. Kind of feels good. Yeah. Just... Yeah. That's from yoga with Adrian. That yeah. is not mine. I just, it's such a good mantra. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Mm -hmm. But it definitely was helpful. And then the interpersonal effectiveness was the other part of the skills that I think was the most helpful for me. And interpersonal effectiveness is just. Thank you. I was like, what is that? It's just how to talk to people, especially about your emotions. Ooh, yes. Because like a good I statement. Yes. I learned I statements in high school. I, I did not. <laughs> I don't remember what I, I don't remember why I learned that in high school. I think it was something like some guidance counselor presentation or whatever. But it's essentially instead of saying like, you hurt me, Ashley, when yeah. you gave me a paper cut. Yeah. You would say, I felt hurt when... I got that paper cut. Yeah. And so you open a dialogue with your perspective. Right. Where instead of accusing the other yes. person. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, and that interpersonal effectiveness is just so super helpful. Mm -hmm. So I know I statements are one. Can you think of any others? Like what are some others? Um, there are other ones that there are prompts and like acronyms to help you um, talk to people. Like if you are trying to approach someone and ask them for something, like if, if the goal of what you are asking someone is the main point, like if you are trying to ask someone for something, mm -hmm. like if I'm trying to ask you to stop, do, stop doing something, Mm -hmm. and that's the main thing that I want from you, mm -hmm. then there's an acronym to like how to, it's called Dear Man. Dear Man, that's, that's the, the acronym. acronym. Yeah, and I don't remember what all of the things stand for currently right now. Um, but you guys you listening can, look can up, Google you can it. Look it up. Um, but it just like, it reminds you to like, that your goal is what's there. Um, if you are relationship is the top priority like if you are talking to somebody and you are trying to figure it out and your relationship is the top priority and not the goal not trying to get something but trying to work it out 
because you value harmony and yeah. yeah um then give is the acronym for that one and that's um like being gentle and genuine and interested mm. um validate and then explain and then just loop gentle oh. and genuine interested validate explain that's beautiful yeah I love that. I feel like I learned to do that, but without the acronym yes. that would have made yes. things so much easier. Yes. And then if your self-respect and your values are your top priority, mm -hmm. then the acronym is FAST. And I don't remember what that one is. Oh. Facts. A. Mm -hmm. ST. I don't remember, guys. But but facts is first. <laughs> yes. I love that yeah. because when you're having like a nuanced interpersonal conversation, mm -hmm. like that's that can feel so hard or complicated or heavy, especially mm -hmm. if it's like someone that you work with yes. or especially if your own self-worth already feels low mm -hmm. and you feel uncomfortable about having that conversation. Yeah like googling those acronyms so that you've got them or following the give yeah. that Ashley threw out or even just following the I statements yes. that I learned way yeah, back absolutely. when in high school because like that can be so helpful mm -hmm. because even when I was just learning not just learning I statements but even when I was learning I statements I don't, don't minimize what I learned no. in high school they were valuable yeah. lessons for sure. Honestly, they were. Yeah. Because it makes so much sense that you don't want someone to accuse you of something. No. That doesn't feel good all the way around. Well, no, no one wants to feel accused. No. And it's so much harder to come openly and well, yeah, like be it's so much receptive. Well, because you're put automatically on the defense. Yes. And if you're on the defense, you've got a wall up. Mm -hmm. And if someone's got a wall up, then coming together to create harmony is that much harder because then right. you have to break the wall down before you can engage with someone else, right. with your partner, with your bestie, with your coworker. Yeah. So yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And I statements also help with that identifying part that you were talking about right. at the beginning of DBT. Yeah. Because for you to make an I statement, you have to be inherently reflective about how you feel yes so not just what the other person did but how did that make you feel and then go from there yes yeah, starting from your feeling that's another thing dbt is really good about trying to teach you is to come from your feelings first mm -hmm. that's really funny my sister and i were just having a conversation about approaching things with feelings first or logic first oh really um because she was like well i come from the logic place and I was like, well, as we all know, I come from the emotions place. Yes. <laughs> but when you are talking in, in, when you are talking with someone who you are in a relationship with, whether mm -hmm. it is friends or partners or sisters, yeah, whatever, um, especially if it is about something that it has emotion tied to it. Mm hmm leading with your emotion first 
I feel like then gives what well, gives immediate empathy. Yes. It gives the other person the information they need to feel empathetic immediately. Right. Like, I feel hurt because X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's, yeah, giving, giving easier access to the other person for empathy mm -hmm. and it's not creating a barrier at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. That's quite beautiful. What other magic do our outlines hold for us? Continuing on with more of our mind. Yes. Work. Mm -hmm. What other work did we do at the beginning for our minds? Well, I already talked about powerful questions. Oh, yes, you did. Activating problem solving. Um, I feel like this is going, I feel like this is going to be more informational in a future episode okay. because um I think that's a lot to dive into right now okay but if you are curious now another way to start helping yourself from a mindset perspective is a form of questioning self-questioning and also taught in the coaching world if you're trying to help other people called meta model questioning and it's a model originated by Virginia Satir who was a very foundational psychologist who um, many things in neurolinguistic programming are based off of her work and this work called the meta model questioning. And please feel free to Google that because it's so informative. It takes that what and how situation and amplifies it so much bigger. So if you thought the what questions and the how questions were yes. really useful to know, um, we'll talk about it in a future episode. I'm Yay. just, I'm cognizant of the fact that we're already at an hour yes. for recording this right now, 55 yeah. minutes. Um, and we are still just on mind. Yeah. So we can build that into a future episode or you can Google in the meantime. Um, yeah. Cause I definitely want to know more about that too. Like, well, I, and I can, give, like, you, I I can give you I can give you the Cliff's Notes version of it real quick. What it essentially helps you to do is to look at your own thought patterns and analyze where you are deleting and distorting and generalizing information. Okay. Because those are the three easiest ways for our unconscious mind to make things easier. On our thought process. Oh. Your unconscious mind always wants to make things easy because your unconscious mind always wants things to be streamlined right. so that your energy is conserved for living life. Okay. Because I mean back in the day when we were evolving right like a saber-toothed tiger could pop out from behind a bush right? Oh right. So conserving energy when the human race was forming was like the biggest concern. And our society has changed so rapidly in comparison to our biology in so many ways that that keeping us safe and conserving energy is still like one of the primary directives right. of the unconscious mind. Okay. So in order to streamline that process, our unconscious mind does things like generalize. So if you have ever looked at a forest and not really paid attention to the trees. You're just like a forest is there. Yeah. That's generalizing. In reality, a forest is made up of so much biodiversity, right? So many different types yeah. of trees, so many different leaf shapes. But when you are just 
walking down a path or cruising along on your bicycle or car, like you don't always have the capacity to process all of that information at once. So your mind generalizes it for you. Um, we also tend to do this as humans when we create things like stereotypes. Okay. And that's our mind, again, generalizing. And it's something that we really have to call awareness to mm -hmm. because it's not... I mean, no one loves a stereotype. Like, right. They're always harmful. Yeah. So... And it's something that we know that our unconscious minds do now. Even if you're hearing this for the first time, you now know yes. that that is what your unconscious mind does. Right. So there are types of questions that can recall generalizations, such as, like, say, for example, like I said, everyone at work just hates me and they hate my ideas. I don't like that. It's a, it's a common complaint, Right. Like you come home at the end of your day and you're just like, everybody hated my idea at the meeting. That can feel so defeating. Yeah. And a really great meta model question is really everyone? And then it forces you to think about it for a moment. It forces you to put a pin in that generalizing and actually go look at the thing. And then you can remember okay. that- your work bestie, Sydney, totally like tried to hype you up afterwards after things tanked. Okay. So in reality, the world isn't as bad as you're making it out to be because your unconscious mind is generalizing what happened to you okay. for you. And it's okay that that happens. It's okay if you're doing that, right? Like it's your unconscious mind is made to do that. So please feel validated. And there are tools to help you into seeing a wider perspective when you're generalizing things like that. It helps you to see that the world is not all bad. Yeah. And actually generalization is what we kind of talked about when we were talking about yes. the title of this That's episode. That's what I was like, oh, yes. cause like it brought me back to mm -hmm. that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the universe was trying to be funny. Yeah. You guys, I fully believe that the universe has a sense of fucking humor. Yeah. And he's been, <laughs> the universe has been cracking it up over, here with us lately uh, i feel for like sure she she's, has been she's been spicy super super spicy mm -hmm. so much laughter oh my god the universe is a spice girl <gasps> universal <laughs> spice oh i love all spice <laughs> fuck i love that so much questions to help you get out of generalizing and into being specific. It is 2-2-2 right now. 2-22. <sighs> thanks, Allspice. Yeah, thanks, Allspice. <laughs> All hail the Allspice. Oh, 
That's really funny. Should we move on? Possibly, yes. Should we ease into some body? Yes. Yeah. We have other stuff in the mind section, so please drop a comment wherever you are listening or watching if you want us to make like a part two on mindset work. Yeah. Because we would be more than happy to do that. And, honestly, and we want to honor everyone's yes. time. And I'm sure as we do more and make more podcasts, we will get further into different things that we've been through and that we've gone through and that we enjoy doing and that we have done for ourselves and get deeper into things mm -hmm. as time goes on yeah so let I us mean, know we've got our whole lives to learn it all we have our whole lives to get to know ourselves mm -hmm. recording <laughs> we'll do this when we're 90 probably i love that why not hopefully we'll have somebody to do our editing by then jesus fucking tits yes <laughs> okay <laughs> no if you can't tell i would love someone to edit these for us <laughs> it is a skill I have and um don't love not my zone of genius. It's a skill that I don't know if I have, but I'm gonna try it out. And I appreciate you yeah, for that. I'm gonna give it a whirl. Um Okay, moving on into the body and some body work. Um after doing a lot of the DVT work and doing a lot of internal work, mm -hmm. I I really felt like I had made a tremendous amount of progress. Um, and then I felt like I kind of stalled out. Can I interrupt you real yes. quick? I also wanted to mention that if you are interested in meta model questioning, I go into that inside my homecoming course, <gasps> oh, Self Love yeah. for Who You Are. So that's what the program is called. It's um, $44 because I want things to remain very accessible to people yeah. as accessible as possible. Um, and it has so much. Yeah. Um, it but it's inside the module called powerful questions, power up. And that's where we talk about meta model questioning. Okay. So you can totally Google it. Google is for free for definite. Um, but if you would like my face explaining it to you, you can go find Homecoming and I'll leave that in the description for you guys. Yay! Back to Ashley talking about how she stalled out. Oh yeah, totally stalled out. <laughs> um, I was doing a lot of like inner work, trying to work through some like deep trauma mm -hmm. things. Um, I had started doing, um, no, not yet. I had, so I was just trying, I was, and then I felt like I'd sold out, right? Mm -hmm. And. Well, because you can only work on mind for so long. Right. Before you gotta, you gotta switch it up to body or spirit. And I was like, I feel like 
I felt like I was doing a lot better mentally, um, but I could still feel like I was still having migraines like a lot, like really frequently. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't feeling good in my body and I just, I was still feeling stuck. Like I could still feel like there was shit to unpack. Mm -hmm. um, and my therapist, recommended that I read A Body Keeps the Score. I've heard such good things about this book. I have not read it. I have it. I will lend it to you. It is okay. phenomenal. Bl Mind-blowing. Um, and I read it and it just basically reminds you that you can do a lot of the work in your brain, um, but those thoughts, those traumas, those things that you tuck and store. Every emotion that you've ever shoved down. And every experience, every, all of those things that you just try to like squish away in a drawer or like behind a corner because you don't have time to deal with it or you don't mm -hmm. want to deal with it or you don't want to go to the doctor. Or you don't feel safe to deal with it. Yes. That's all hanging out in your body. And that was the loudest bird I've ever heard. That was really loud. That was so loud. Um, I hope you guys kind of heard that. <laughs> um, and she's so she chatty. She's got to right. be on my deck. Yeah, that's so cute. Um, and I was just like, okay, so like, how do I get that shit out of my body? Mm-hmm. So I read that book and I was like, okay, so there's shit stored in my body. Get it out of me. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? Therapist, who I love, get it out of me. Um, what do we do? What's our next step? Get it out let's, of me. Like, let's do this. That's such a mood. Like, I don't want this anymore. Um, and so I started doing um, EMDR. Mm -hmm. and, and what is EMDR? I don't remember what it stands for. Eye movement something something. Yeah, something. I thought you would know the somethings. Yeah, I... Uh, I don't. Eye movement. I'll Google it real quick. Hey, thanks. Um, and then I also did um, brain spotting, which is another eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Gotcha. But it was really good. It was it was really good for me. I had to do it in a little bit of like an adapted way. I couldn't track the lights with my eyes because of the way that I visually get migraines with lights. Mm -hmm. um, so I had two little like vibrating thingies in my hands and like would track the feelings in my hands. Okay. And that would make my eyes do the do the whoosh, 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 whoosh thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like the bilateral stimulation. Um, and that was really good at like targeting where I felt weird, like where I was feeling the sensation, mm -hmm. like as we were talking about things where I would feel the sensation in my body and then like really focusing on that feeling and like having the stimulation and it like, Re reprocesses 
those emotions in a whole different space. Mm -hmm. um, and and then, for EMDR, you have to like go into the trauma that you experienced, right? We talk about the event. Mm -hmm. um, the way that I did it was is it was the train scenario. So you're I'm sitting in a train, sitting in a looking train, out the window. Yes, looking at the trauma. Gotcha. But I'm safely distanced from it. Gotcha. Um, so I'm just like an observer of mm -hmm. the trauma. I mean, it's still rough. It's still very oh, sure. intense. Mm -hmm. um, and the, there were times where like afterwards I was very... Um, exhausted exhausted there were times where like sometimes I had like the like the shake the shakes mm -hmm. um, because some of the things that would come up were pretty big big things um, mm -hmm. but man it was super helpful I'm sure it was I've heard excellent things about EMDR I yeah. don't think I would ever want to do it because I am all for healing. That doesn't make me <laughs> relive my traumas. Right. Um, but afterwards, those traumas aren't as traumatic. Traumatic. Mm -hmm. Like, now I can look at them and be like, man, that was a sad time. Mm -hmm. I'm sad about that for myself. Mm -hmm. um, like... Glad I'm doing, fun. yeah, glad I'm doing better now. Mm -hmm. Because that's, and that's one of the things is like, as the observer and looking at those things, a lot of the time, like I was a child and, and I'm the observer as an adult observing this stuff mm -hmm. as a child, I can be like, you deserve better, tiny Ashley. Mm -hmm. And things will get better. Yeah. Yeah. And you could say that, and it doesn't make Tiny Ashley feel any better, but it makes me feel better. You know what I mean now, so. Well, since you are also Tiny yeah. Ashley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. But um, that really helped. And then from there, doing a lot of just, like, grounding and breathing and stuff like that has helped just to regulate my system. Mm -hmm. How emotions feel in your body. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And grounding, not even on our outline, but yeah. what, a good, yes. what a good thing to bring up because grounding is a beautiful way to feel into your body and get in touch with your physical aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's super simple. Grounding can be as simple as imagining roots growing from the base of your spine straight into the earth below you. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine what that root system looks like, how it spreads at the top. And maybe mm -hmm. you send a long tap root down really deep with all the like little tiny roots that go off of it. You can tell I'm a plant person because yeah. I'll just talk about roots all day. <laughs> Love a good root. Mm-hmm. P-O-R-N moment. <laughs> I like it. Well, I didn't think YouTube would like that word. Well, that's okay. So, um, I spelled it. 
chaotically. Um, so grounding can be easy in that you can go put your feet in the earth also. Harder to do in Nebraska in the winter time. But I did this winter go out a couple times in my yeah. big puffy coat to go hug my ash tree in the backyard because I just needed grounding. We should pre-plan this year and bring like some scoops inside. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, I mean, I have bags of soil in my house because plant lady. Right, but are they, is it soil from your yard? Well, no, but it doesn't have to be. It is earth. I know, but like, wouldn't it, wouldn't, I would feel better with like, the mm, local soil. <laughs> local? Like, Ground from my local. yard. Like, from my yard, like, this is my, like, this is my local, like, this is my. So you're going to make a little soil box for yeah. yourself? Yeah, to stand in. Interesting. Put my feet in. You I think that sounds happen. like a really good idea. Fred would flip it. Yeah. Fred would flip it and then Rose would roll in it. Yeah. Gotta and then it. I would be vacuuming dirt for yeah. 9,000 years. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Good call. I, you do you if you want. Yeah, no, I don't want. Uh, mm. I feel like Callie and Lucy would have a good time with it. Callie and Lucy are Ashley's dogs. Yeah. So grounding, beautiful practice for getting more into your body. It's also a spiritual practice too, because grounding is good for your yes. energy and your physiology. Mm -hmm. When Ashley and I were talking about this outline, we were talking about how like we went mind first and then body and then spirits just kind of like popping in every yeah. now and again. Yes. Uh, Helen, yeah. Yeah. Kind of leading the charge on, like, hey, hey, you accomplished this really big thing. Let's celebrate it. And then now let's go do some more. Yeah. Yeah. Keep <laughs> keep going, you. Yeah. You're doing it. Self-life. <laughs> I love it. I love it, too. Okay. Um, breath work. <gasps> Fuck, I love a good breath work moment. I've learned a lot of different breathwork techniques from you. Mm-hmm. Breathwork makes me so happy. Breathwork is also accessible as fuck because you've got you and you've got your lungs. And hopefully always. I mean, I really hope so. And per perhaps like that's a privileged statement, right? I obviously don't have anything like cystic fibrosis or something like that yes. that can restrict breathing. Mm -hmm. So I want to acknowledge that yes, even that just having working point. lungs can be a huge ass privilege. Mm -hmm. um, so breath work is one of the first ways that I was diving into body work because remember last when we visited Kayla's body, she was ignoring it. Oh yes. Uh, for mindset work. Breath work. <gasps> breath work is so beautiful. So my favorite breath, the first breath work breath that I ever learned, even before that I knew that breath work was a thing. Yeah. Um, the first one was the extended exhale breath. I didn't know this one. I didn't even know this one oh. until I learned it from you. And I was like, that's great. I it's, got that to max immediately. It's amazing. So when you make your exhales longer than your inhales, that activates your parasympathetic nervous system, meaning that your body goes into relax and rest mode instead of like 
your activated nervous system fight or flight. So no matter how long your inhale is, because people have different breath capacities, mm -hmm. maybe you just breathe in for a count of three. Then on your exhale, you make sure that you breathe out for a count that's longer than that. So it might be four, it might be six, it might be eight, however long you can extend it. Mm -hmm. The longer you will, or the, the more beneficial that that will be for you. And I think that's why people say breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, because sighing is also an excellent form yes. of breath work. Sorry, I just kind of mixed that one in there. I'll re-separate. The first one is extended exhales. That, again, it doesn't matter how long you breathe in, just as long as how long you breathe out is for longer than that. Mm -hmm. And that can, if I remember, remembering what I read correctly, that can take up to like four or so minutes to work. For me, because I do it so consistently, it usually works by like the third or fourth breath. Yeah. Um, but if you are like highly activated, if you just saw a bear in the woods, yes. if you like just saw your ex abusive ex-boyfriend at like a coffee shop, which I dur read the uh, um when I left him, he lived in a small town near here. Oh. Um, and was attempting to attend school at UNO. I, th these are, these are one of the things that makes me really anxious. And I, um, try not to think about it because where your focus goes, energy flows and I know it. Yeah. So... But if some activating situation really has you like, <gasps> like, because that would have yeah, me like that, yeah. my body would react very viscerally. Oh, absolutely. Um, but like it might take a couple minutes and that's okay. That is a-okay. Um, so that's the extended exhale. There have also been studies done on the sigh. Yeah. And so that's where I was saying, inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth. <sighs> you are essentially mimic mimicking a sigh. You are self-sighing. And the sigh is one of the most relaxing breaths. Um, I was reading an article about it and of the breath work patterns that they studied, the sigh is the most relaxing, the quickest. <sighs> See? Oh, you are moving all the energy. I know. As soon as I start, guys, I just get all the yawns. Mm-hmm. I like that for you. I do until I start yawning so much and then it like makes me have tears down my face. I know. So then you're like getting things out two different yes. ways. You're crying yes. and you're yawning. I will take it. My Aubrey. energy just wants to. She wants to move. She, she does. wants to flow. She really does. But honestly, she does want to flow. Your energy wants to flow too. Yes. I promise. And breath work can be a beautiful way to help engage your body and to help energy flow. <gasps> So the talk about the next one. 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 Wild embodiment. Yeah! <gasps> We're not quite there yet. Hold on. I wanted to mention one more breath first, but wild embodiment is real fun. Okay. So the last um, breath work thing that I will mention is the alternate nostril breathing because that very much deals with your parasympathetic, like it deals with your physiology. That's the word I was looking for. It 
deals with your physiology and it deals with your spiritual connection. Because when we think of the spiritual masculine and the spiritual feminine, again, mm -hmm. not gendered, but spiritual, um, like there are your left hand path is your masculine and your right hand path is your feminine. And masculine is typically associated with like going and doing and structure and your feminine energy is associated with like relaxation and flow and just mm -hmm. rolling with it. And sometimes those things can feel out of balance for you. <clears throat> yeah, I'm good. Okay. I thought I might cough, but I think I'm okay. Your energy is trying to tell you something. Well, to drink more water. To help my body's physiology. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, thanks, guys. I needed to hydrate. So alternate nostril breathing is another breathwork pattern that helps not only your masculine and feminine energy, but it can also help for you to relax as well. It can help to calm you down. And so Ashley's doing it over here. You it's hard for me to do. Is it? I had a deviated septum, Oh, I think. Fair enough. Um, well, this one might not be for everyone. So, like, my little in-between part mm -hmm. of my nose, real thin. Oh, interesting. Like, really thin. Oh. Like, you know how if you push your nose, like, most yeah. people's noses, like, have, like, a squish? Yeah. Mine does not squish. No, I noticed it and how it looks when it moves. Yeah. I'm like, that's really flexible. Yeah. <laughs> already there. Okay. Um, well, okay, so maybe this one isn't for everyone. And if you do not have a deviated septum slash a skinny Middle inner nose. nostril. Yeah. I don't know what you call that. Septum. Oh. That's the septum. Oh, that's right, because that's a septum piercing. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Whew! We're learning today. <laughs> it all comes together. So alternate nostril breathing is where you hold your left nostril close. You breathe in through your right nostril and then you switch and exhale through your left nostril and then you inhale through your left nostril switch and exhale through your right nostril and then you inhale through your right nostril you switch which one you're holding and you exhale through your left and inhale through your left so basically whichever nostril you inhale in you want to exhale through the opposite nostril and then once you've exhaled, you inhale through that same nostril that you exhaled out of. And then you switch so that you're exhaling again out of the alternate nostril. And that is how you do it. Why? I don't know. Okay. I think that that's a great question. I am not a breathwork expert. That is not when you, like if you purchase my homecoming program, mm -hmm. my really great friend Amy who's certified in breathwork mm -hmm. does the breathwork modules for oh, us okay because I I don't know the answer to that question because I I, I can't do it all so I outsourced my breathwork I love session that. I love that I just know well like what all of this podcast is what I use and what yeah, works for me absolutely <laughs> And I am happy to admit when I am not an expert on something. And I am happy to bring in an expert when I know that I need to. Yes. For sure, Z's. 
So rough work. Now we move on to wild embodiment, which wild embodiment is just what I named the practice of moving your body in ways that feel good and unchoreographed and thoughtless. Not thoughtless yeah. as in like hurt yourself, but like thoughtless as in intuitive. Don't think, yeah, intuitive. Don't think about what you're doing. Let your body make the decisions on how you feel. Like maybe you feel like you just need to like shake your arms. This is wild embodiment. Maybe you feel like you need to like frolic and leap across your living room. Mm -hmm. Then leap. Or just stretch. Yes, or stretch. Or do like a, a cat-cow yoga pose. Just mark out some time mm -hmm. for your body to call the shots in the way that you move. Um, there's a really beautiful person. I'm trying to find her. Michaela Bowen, her little books. Bower? Bowen? I can't see the last letter. Mm. Um, she's written the, the book The Wild Women's Way. Uh, Michaela Bower. Bow? Bower? Will you Google it real quick? Yes, I sure will. While I talk about it? Thank you. Um, she calls this nonlinear movement. And that's essentially the same thing. It doesn't have to be patterned. It doesn't need to be planned. It doesn't need to be like a linear thought out process. It just needs to be what feels good to your body. And Bohm, Michaela Bohm. Bohm, B-O-E-H-M, Bohm. Um, and it's a really beautiful practice. It might involve you speaking or singing or chanting a repetitive note because it makes your vocal cords feel good. Mm -hmm. Like just letting your body be how it desires yeah. to be. Yes. And I will tell you, my loves, at 2.52, another palindrome number, Beautiful. that this can take practice. It might feel weird to begin with. Yeah. You might feel like, well, I don't know what to do. Because if you are disconnected from your body like I was, it can feel weird. So maybe you put on a song with like a really solid like backbeat and you stomp. And you just like plan a couple things to let yourself feel into it. And then pay attention to the sensations in your body mm -hmm. when you are feeling a planned out movement. Mm -hmm. And then once you tap into your body maybe go forward and like be like oh well my left arm feels tingly what might like yeah. help accentuate that and maybe it's an arm shake or yeah. something it it can be it's allowed to be as loose as you desire it's allowed to be as open as you desire <clears throat> and sometimes actually many times when I am helping to welcome people into a wild embodiment session that I am holding which you will find a couple inside of homecoming um, you can just pat your body, right? And just welcome all different parts of your body into the room with you. And you can just like pat the crown of your head. Mm -hmm. You can move to your forehead and your face. <coughs> you can run your hands up and down your arms. Mm -hmm. Just kind of welcome your shoulders and collarbone chest into the space with you so basically just like acknowledge and validate your body yeah. even if you just start there yeah and that's what you do that can be such a beautifully affirming body practice to be like hi i'm here with you hi i am neutrally engaging with you yeah. even if you can't muster up joyful body engagement yeah. 
go for a neutral body engagement. You're just touching all the places on your body. And perhaps maybe that feels like too much if there is a place on your body that experienced trauma and you don't feel like touching that particular right. area. That's a good point. That can be okay also. Give yourself grace. Give yourself time. Yeah. Remember that it is about what feels good for your body. And if touching yourself in a particular area doesn't feel good to you yet, that gets to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Super valid point. Mm -hmm. And when I am doing wild embodiment, I always take particular care of my knees because my mom just had a double knee replacement. I am aware that my knee genetics might not be the, <laughs> the best. I know that in carrying the weight that I have on my body that can have an impact on my knees. And so I take particular care that even when I'm feeling my most wild, yeah. I'm also being really protective of my knees also. So do what you need to go do to feel, to feel safe and to feel welcome in your body. Yay. And that is wild embodiment. I, I love it. I'm loving it. How do you like wild embodiment? I know you've done it a couple times. I, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I think it starts uh, scary. Yeah. Uh, and not scary in like, ooh, it's scary. It starts like, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. What if I look weird? And then I just, and then it's just fun. Mm -hmm. And it's just fun. Once you let yourself get yeah, lost in the music. Yeah, I think, and that's my biggest thing is like, for me, sometimes just like, if I can, if I can convince myself to close my eyes mm -hmm. and to forget that there are other people around, if I can just close my eyes for a little bit and like feel into the music mm -hmm. for just a, like a, couple hot seconds mm -hmm. like then I'm good I love that that's real beautiful and if you happen to share a space where people are always around maybe wild embodiment feels like something that you do with your hands like you can do that like kind of behind a table or something that you can do in your own room if you don't mm -hmm. have the space to like really dance across your living room oh yeah like wild embodiment can look however is accessible to you. Mm -hmm. We do, at my house, we do on Friday mornings before the kids go to school. We always do a Friday party, or a Friday morning dance party. We listen to like, That's so Friday cute. by Rebe <laughs> Rebecca Black, the, it's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. I think we all know that. I'm song. pretty sure Almost all of my dancing that I do with my children is wild embodiment dance because it that. is whatever I'm feeling in the moment. Love that. It is definitely not planned or like choreographed. Choreographed by any means. Mm -hmm. um, you're not thinking about the move that you're going to make three moves from now. No, no. Which I do sometimes in wild embodiment. I find myself thinking like, wouldn't it be cool if I tried X Y Z thing? Yeah. And I do, I give myself the, the yeah. space to do it. And I always know when that was a mind idea and not what my body wanted me to do because it doesn't feel quite as good. 
doesn't flow as well. It doesn't. There's like a particular feeling of freedom in your body when your movements are unplanned. Yeah. That feels really good. Yeah. And when I plan a movement and do it, I give myself the space to have yeah. fun and yes. to play. And it doesn't feel quite as free, if that makes sense. Yeah. But both can be okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And then I just love like watching my kids too, because like everybody will get into it at some point mm -hmm. in the song. Like even if the girl, even if the 13 year olds will only give me like three seconds of a move, mm -hmm. they will give me three seconds fully of a move and a big smile and before they shrink to their like sullen teenager self, right? Like, I don't want any part of this and you Baby. look like a goober, mom. Why are you embarrassing me? In the comfort of our own home, by the way. Um, but that's just a teenager thing and so I don't really take it to heart. Um, but the boy and I, mm -hmm. my little king of all wild things, Max. Mm -hmm. He is, he's a wild one. Wild embodiment. Yes. I love that. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. So that is that. What else do we have on here? Singing, which you talked about quite a bit during our rituals. Yeah. So we already talked about singing. I think I've mentioned yeah. my kundalini yoga practice. Oh, yes. And my calisthenics practice mm -hmm. in past episodes. I am starting to engage in more thoughtful nutrition for myself with the help of my nurse practitioner. I am real proud of the fact that my cholesterol is like way down from last Yay. year. Yay which makes me feel really good about the acts of service that I am engaging in for my body. So that feels really good. So I think that's kind of all I really have yeah. to say there. Um, did you, then, did oh. you have more body talk? No, not particularly. Okay. Well then let's move on to spirit. And like we said, spirit is kind of ping ponged. Right. In and out. Yes. And vacillated in and out the whole time, whether we were aware or not. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, for me, it was there when I was real young. Mm -hmm. It popped up throughout my life mm -hmm. um, in different ways, in different ways, in different ways. And then coming around to doing the inner work part and combining it all together, getting it all aligned. Mm -hmm. I had to get my head together, right? Mm -hmm. In that mind, reconnecting with my body. And in doing those two things, I feel like it really set me up in a way that like, once my once I started working on aligning my my mind and my body, spirit was like, "Bam!" She's like, "Hey, We're back. girl, <laughs> yeah. let's focus on me." Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I super get that because I feel like when we talked earlier in the episode about like being away motivated versus towards motivated. Mm -hmm. I think our human side very much drives our away motivation. Mm -hmm. Like, mm, no, fuck that. Like, I don't want that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot continue to do that. Yes. Whereas I think 
our spirit helps us get into, our soul helps us get into more of that towards motivation. Mm -hmm. Because away motivated stuff can only go so far in helping you. Right. You can only away motivate yourself so far. Right. Like that is true in every diet that I've ever done. I don't want to be fat, so I must do X, Y, Z to not be fat. Yeah. Right? Like, that is, for me, that was purely a way motivated. Yeah. And that will only take you so far. And then you'll just start drifting back towards right. what your baseline was. Mm -hmm. So when you start adding this spiritual aspect, this soulful getting in touch with who the actual fuck you are mm -hmm. when everything is stripped away, when even at some point your body is stripped away. Right. What are you? Like that is your soul self. That yes. is your essence. And when you start activating that or letting your intuition lead you, if intuition feels like a better word than soul, right. then that gets to be where toward motivation comes into play mm -hmm. and toward motivation is where you start moving fucking mountains yes. for getting yourself what the fuck you want 303 i saw that <laughs> universe she loud she's so loud. She loud she's so talking to us universe saying get it girls so for Connecting to my sense of soul, mm -hmm. spirit, whatever you want to call it. My first forays into that was in, oh, was in, well, A, church, I guess. Ugh, that's not what I wanted to talk about. You guys, I think this is just a podcast where you might hear vomit noises and I don't I think that just is what it is. I do it so often. Yeah, you do. You might just stop listening now if you don't want to hear that in the future. <laughs> I think it's just going to keep I happening. Think they're, I think they're in at this point. You think they're in? They're in yeah, it? Yeah, I think they're in it. <gasps> Thanks for being in it with me, guys. Uh, vomit noises and all. <laughs> um, so I feel unprepared to talk about the church aspect of that right now because I wasn't really thinking about yeah, that until... I said the sentence, my first foray into soul. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so we'll put a pin in that. Um, Ashley and I have been talking about doing a religion episode anyway. Yeah. At some point. So we can circle back into that. Yeah. And I know a couple of listeners have mentioned how it might be cool to do a religion episode. Yes. So, um, Absolutely. We'll circle back to that. In the meantime, as an adult... My first forays into soul and spirit were, and energy work, were thinking about energy protection. Oh. Because when I became a coach, everybody around me was like, okay, make sure you're not giving away all of your energy to your clients. Make sure that, like, you don't feel drained by your client load. And I was like, well, how do I not give my energy away? Like, I don't understand how that works. Yeah. Luckily, the certification that I was going through had like this little bonus course on energy alignment and energy protection. Oh, cool. And so she taught us how to connect to source energy and then create an energy 
bubble or egg around us to make sure that our energy stayed protected and we could send source energy like through ourselves out to the person that yeah. we were helping on our client call. So I can talk you guys through that. That seems exciting for me. If you want to know how to like make your own little energy protection egg and tap into source energy. Um, do you guys want to follow along? Yeah. 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 Okay. Do we have time to do it right now? Sure. Why not? Or should this be a whole thing? Do you think this should be a whole thing? I'll do it real quick. Okay. We'll do it quick. I'll, I'll at least do, I'll do the tapping into source. We can talk about energy <gasps> protection later. Should we do it that way? You want to just let everybody tap into source and let Fuck them go? Yes. And just let them go all willy nilly unprotected like? Well, source, well, there are two separate things. Because like the energy protection is to help you from giving your energy away. Tapping into source energy is a natural part that you are meant to be doing anyway. Because even when they say like, being in prayer, if we are going to talk about the church, that should be connecting to source energy. Oh. That's not how it's fucking taught. I was doing that wrong. Well, there's a lot of power and control issues that we can talk okay. about Anyways, in our religion yeah, teach, episode. Teach me. Teach, teach the thing. Teach okay. the people. So tapping into source energy is fairly simple. And this is something that you can do if you have a moment to close your eyes and have a moment to spare. If you are running on a treadmill, maybe don't do this. If you're operating a car, maybe don't do it right now. Um, but you can listen to the process and then do it later. So you can close your eyes and just bring a little bit of awareness to the crown of your head, the very tippity top of your skull right at the highest point of your physical form. And just cultivate a little awareness up there. And imagine a beautiful, bright light above you. Maybe it's opening in your mind's eye from the stars up in space, or maybe it's just a sweet glowing white orb above you. Or sometimes I like to imagine that it is a little corkscrew of white light just meandering and circling and spiraling closer and closer to the crown of your head. And you know inevitably that this light is so sweet and so loving and it is going to enter the crown of your head just with a nice light little feeling maybe like the flutter of butterfly wings at the top of your head as this light comes into your body, filling the space behind your forehead, filling the space behind your eyes, behind your nose, your mouth and lips, into and behind your chin, down your neck, into your shoulders, at the base of your neck, out into the broadness of your shoulders, filling your upper back and chest space as this light continues to fill you up, growing deeper and deeper into your rib cage and through your biceps, 
is kind of lowering all at once, like it is filling you up. And it goes deeper into your elbows and your upper torso or your upper stomach. And just dropping lower and lower so that it's filling your forearms and behind your belly button and into your wrists and hands and into your hips and the pelvis, into your glutes, and then into your thighs, filling as slowly or as quickly as feels good as you feel it light up behind your knees, your kneecaps, into your shins and calves, all the way down into your ankles and into your feet and into your toes filling you with this radiant, beautiful light, the source of all that is, the stuff that makes you, you. So beautiful, so energizing, so invigorating. It's the stuff that moves you from surviving to living to thriving. This is what thriving is made of. And you know it because it feels so good and so natural and so a part of you. And as you're connected to this beautiful source energy, perhaps you know it as the energy of God or the energy of source or the energy of the universe, whatever name you call it, it's beautiful. You can feel it in your body. And then when you're ready, you can start to let a little bit of that energy go. Maybe you imagine that root growing from the base of your spine through the surface beneath you, whether you're standing or sitting and it grows down even further, a beautiful vine until it enters the earth to set down the roots so deeply rooted that you might even be able to see a cross section of the earth with its magma and your roots almost reach so deep into the core of the earth anchoring you. And you can let this light and the sensation be in your body for as long or as short as you'd like. When you choose to disconnect, you can know that that energy can stay with you if you intend it to, or it can go right down through your roots into the ground and feel that beautiful grounding energy. And when you're ready, you can come back into the room let your eyelids flutter open. And that, my loves, is how you connect with source energy. And it's so fucking good. Oh, yeah. How was that for you, <laughs> Ashley? Good. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 How you feeling? Good. Good. You had a smile on your face, like, the whole time. It feels good. 
It feels good. It feels so good. It feels so good and, and so peaceful. So when we're talking about like <sighs> nervous system regulation and oh, yes. finding moments of, of peace for yourself within a tumultuous experience, connecting with source can be a really beautiful way to <sighs> help anchor your soul into what is more than the moment that you're experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. And again, that is what prayer should be. And maybe people who engage in prayer often feel that euphoric light experience because I'm certainly not saying that people who engage in prayer can't feel that. It's just, right. it's certainly not how it was taught in my upbringing. So that is something that you can do at any time to feel connected with all that is, to feel I'm, more connected with your soul. What were you gonna say? I am not bored. And Yo, I'm you not, just held a lot of energy yeah. in your body. And yawning is your energy release. Yes, yeah, it really so. is. So I'm not, I, those of you who can't see me, I am just, I am repeatedly yawning and yawning and yawning <laughs> and yawning. And so I'm not bored or like, not listening to Kayla or any of those things. I'm just, I'm listening. I am attentive. I'm also just yawning a ton. Well, and that's a, it, that's a really good segue into talking about how like the more often you engage in a, a soulful energy practice, the more energy you can hold for longer periods of time mm -hmm. without necessarily having to like yawn continuously like yeah. that or experiencing whatever physical reaction you're experiencing. It could be like, you might be burping, you might be releasing gas through the other end, right? Yeah. Like you might be um, feeling like that buzzing sensation, like you can't like stop your hands a little. Again, you can go back to those grounding practices of imagining that extra energy flowing out that route that we made at the end. You can go outside and engage in a physical practice of grounding. Um, frog pose in yoga is very grounding. Oh, yeah. I'm, can I just brag for a minute? Yeah. Or not brag, but celebrate for a minute. You I'm also so, brag. thank you. You're welcome. I'm so good at frog pose now. I used to not be able to, with frog pose, your heels are touching and you're squatting and then your hands are ideally on the ground. And I used to have to use a block oh. because my hips were really tight and mm -hmm. I couldn't quite get that reach. Or sometimes I would use, I've got this um, salt block candle holder, like the Himalayan salt block. Oh yeah. Uh, so I would use that because that's also a really ground, like it oh, is of yeah, the ground. For sure. And I don't need to do that anymore. I realized that the other day. Yay! I was like, holy shit, look at me. Look at you doing stuff. Like, damn, yo. Good job. So releasing all that shame. Yeah. So your shame is held in your pelvis and that area. Oh, Fun fact. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, we're at like two hours, you guys. So I love you so much. We should probably go. We've got more to talk about, but... um. I feel like we should save it for later. So yeah. comment below if you liked this and we yeah. can go back through some of the stuff that we didn't quite have time mm -hmm. for today. And we love you so much. So much. So fucking much. From our hearts to yours, we just love the fuck out of you. I don't know what 
song that is, but I know it's from something. Oh, I don't know. Downtown. Oh. Where all the lights or something. Oh. <laughs> right. You, I right. Thought, yeah. Right. I thought you meant like the lyrics were from something. Oh, I no. I was like, I have no idea. No, but... I knew the tune was not of my oh, okay. own origin. Well, I like the lyrics. You think so? I liked them too because they were about you guys. We love you so fucking much. Love you. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.